started this series so that we could hear from the words of Jesus himself. We hear about Jesus from so many different sources. You hear about him from, from books you read or from the media or from you know, college professors. You hear you know, who, this, who this man was, but who did Jesus say that he was? Let him speak for himself. And so that's why we are starting this series last week. Pastor Brandon spoke on Jesus saying, I am the bread of life. And we to kind of frame the context of this series, we went back into the Old Testament and we looked at, at Moses where God revealed himself to Moses as this I am. Moses is, is in the backside of a desert. He's shepherding sheep. He, he, he stumbles upon this bush that is burning, but it, it's not consumed. And, and the bush begins to speak to him. And, and it's God speaking through this bush. And he's saying, hey, I want you to go back. And you are going to deliver my people from the hand of Pharaoh. And Moses begins to give all these excuses. I, I, I don't speak well. Nobody's going to believe me. Well, you know, what am I going to do? And he just goes on and on. And, 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 and he says, who am I going to say sent me? And he says, say, I am that I am sent me. In other words, whatever deficiency that you may have, God is all sufficient in that area. The Bible says that our strength is made perfect in, in our, 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 in our weakness. His strength is made perfect in us. And so we can't give any kind of excuses as to why God can't use us. Because you could say, well, I'm just, I, I, that's just not my personality. Well, God will say, well, but I am. You can say, well, oh, I need joy. God says, well, I am. I need peace, and God says, I am. I, I need salvation, and God says, I am. Whatever situation that you may be going through, whatever you may be walking in, God is. He, I am that I am. I'm all sufficient in all things. And then we forward into the New Testament, and Jesus declares himself as this great I am. So much so that when he says, I am the bread of life, the Bible tells us they pick up rocks to stone him for blasphemy. And so we're going to look today at this statement of Jesus. I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. In John chapter 10, it says the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. But my purpose is to give them life, a, a rich and satisfying life. Another version says that, that I want to give them life and give it more abundantly. That the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. And he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks and, and the uh, flock scatters. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. But I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and they know me. See, there's a difference between knowing about someone and knowing someone. You could know about someone. One of you could hand me your license, and I could read off how tall you are and how much you weigh, even if you lied a little bit. And I can see where you live by your address. 
and even at that, I wouldn't know you, and even at that, that document could, could have some errors on it. I, I sent my wife uh, pictures of, of my license just last week. She had these these. Uh, documents she needed to fill out and we had to verify who we were and she sent me back all of these ha-has that filled the screen and and uh, you know the smiley uh, faces that are laughing so hard they're crying and I'm like well I mean I realize I'm short but you already knew that when you married me like what's the deal here you know that little place on your license that that differentiates between male and female the Tennessee Department of Motor Vehicles decided that I was a female I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm not going to be able to fly. I'm not going to be able to do. They're going to be like, this is not you, sir. And so uh, even a document is not going to tell me who you are. And the weirdest thing is, is they messed up on my wife. So I don't know what's going on here. Pray for us. But there is a difference between knowing about someone and knowing someone because you can only truly know someone by spending quality time with them, by conversing with them, by going through trials with them, by ups and downs of life, victories and defeats, walking through life with people. That's how you get to know the the people. And, And here's the thing. Jesus says, I know my sheep and they know me. See, here's the good news. Jesus wants to know you. See, many times we look at our relationship with God as we need to have a relationship with Jesus. We need to pray. We need to do this. And and this is true. We do need to do that. But as much as we love him and we need to love him and cast our, he loves us. See, as much as, as I want my children to love me and my children to, to respect me and all of those things, I want to love them, and I want to know them as much as they want to know me. So the good news this morning is we have a good shepherd who wants to know us. We get all of these I am statements of Jesus from from John's gospel, and I, I find it interesting because John records more about who Jesus is than what Jesus did. From, from the very beginning of his gospel, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and it begins to describe who Jesus was. All the, the very first chapter, says, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we behold his glory as the only glory of the begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, and, and we start seeing him unpack who Jesus is, and we see all of these wonderful I am statements of who Jesus is in in John's gospel, and and it's important for us to know what Jesus did, but it's just as important for us to know who he is. It's important for us to know what he has done, but it's important for us to know who he is, his power, his love, his grace, his mercy, his truth. It's important for us to know that because we need a shepherd in our life. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. See, Jesus has revealed himself to us through his word, and we get to know him through the power of his spirit. And he said, I am the good shepherd, and this is good news for all of us today because I don't know about you, but I need a shepherd in my life. I need someone to lead me. I need somebody to correct me when I'm wrong. I need somebody to, to seek me out when I'm lost and, and to, to find me. I need a, a shepherd to protect me and to, to restore me. And, and we all need a shepherd because whether we like it or not, all of us in this place are sheep. And here's the thing about sheep. They're not very smart. You ever been around sheep? 
Some of you are like, no, I've never been around sheep. I grew up in this city. Okay, but if you go to the fair or whatever, I mean, like you can call another animal. You can call, call a dog, say, here, boy, and he comes. And, you, and you know, you people with dogs, you think that, like, it's like you're another person. Like, he understands me. That dog don't understand you, but that's all right. And, but not a, not a sheep. Like, you ever try to talk to a sheep or, like, whatever? They're just, like, roaming around. They're not very smart. They, they, they're very stubborn. They're, they're, they're very dirty. Like, you go to the fair, and they're all white. And you watch on National Geographic these bright white sheep. Those suckers were power washed right before they got on National Geographic. They were in the makeup room getting all nice. They're, they're dirty. They need, they need somebody to clean them up. We need a shepherd. And probably the most famous psalm of scripture is Psalms 23, and it's, it's there in your notes. And David declares that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. See, David understood what it meant to be a shepherd because he was one. He understood that it meant staying up all night protecting the sheep. He understood that it meant fighting off wolves and bears. And he had an understanding that it meant if a, if a, a lamb went missing, that you would search the hills and the valleys and find that lamb. And, and there was no, nothing too great to, to overcome to try to rescue that lamb if it went missing. And it's with this insight that David says, you know what? The Lord is my shepherd. See, that possessive pronoun, my, makes all the difference. The Lord is my shepherd. See, when we, as we get older, we don't make such a big deal about what is ours. I think we get older, you get married, you have kids, and nothing is yours anymore. Like, I don't have anything at my house that is truly mine, right? Even, even a drink you're, uh, or food, you're like, well, at least your plate is yours, right? No, if you have kids, they will come up, and they will drink out of your drink, and all of their sickness and disease that they got going on, the coughing and the hacking is now, see, I got two moms back there that are preaching with me today, and, and, and the hacking, and you're like, well, that, that ain't my cup anymore. That's your cup now. I mean, I don't want that cup. Or I got my iPad here. I, I, I thought that was my iPad until my two-year-old comes and he grabs it. He said, this is my iPad. I'm like, well, I guess it is. You sneezed all over it. <laughs> but there's power when you say, you know what? There, there's power when you say the Lord is my shepherd. Get possessive over the Lord because he is my shepherd. Because God does not have grandchildren. He only has children. So you can't make it on, on, on to heaven because grandma made him her shepherd or because Pastor Brandon made him your shepherd because the Lord has to be your shepherd. And here's the great news. Everything else in life runs out. Everything else has a, has a point where there's no more resources. But God is all sufficient and God is all powerful and all knowing so there's enough for him to go around see there are certain things in my house that if I want I'm going to hide come on can I Girl Scout cookies come on let's just be serious about what I'm talking about they came out with the s'mores cookie I didn't know that there was you put that sucker in the microwave for like 15 seconds and it I mean how did they get it to really taste like a real s'more like a real campfire s'more. And so I, I got those things, and I put those up, and I hit them up at top, top. The kids aren't getting the s'more cookies. I might share them with my wife, maybe. But those things are only for a season and for a time, so I got to be stingy. But you can, you can be stingy with Jesus and share him at the same time. 
That's the amazing part. You can be stingy and say, the Lord is my shepherd, and go out and still proclaim that he can be your shepherd too, and he can be everybody's shepherd because he's all-sufficient and all-powerful. So go ahead and declare, the Lord is my shepherd. He says, I shall not want. This doesn't mean that he didn't have wants. We all have wants and desire. It means that the good shepherd will provide for us everything that we need. The Bible says that my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Not nobody else's riches, not things that, that fail you and run out, but according to his riches in glory, that we can be satisfied no matter what season of life that you are in, that the good shepherd will supply your needs and he knows what is best for you. If you're taking notes this morning or this afternoon, the good shepherd leads. Number one, the good shepherd, he leads. David said in Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside still waters. See, I don't know about you, but I need somebody to lead me. If I'm left to my own devices, I, I, will, I will shipwreck quickly. I will do the wrong thing quickly. I am a sheep. I need a shepherd. I need someone to lead me and guide me. I don't know what it is about uh, being a man, but sometimes I just want to turn off my GPS when it's trying to tell me what to do. And I don't know if that's because it's a woman's voice and I get tired of women telling me what to do or, or what, but, but I think, you know what, I'm a man, I'm 33 years old, I'm tired of this thing telling me what to do, I'm going to shut it off and I'm going to figure it out. And you know what happens every time I do that? I get completely lost. I, I drive faster thinking that I'm going to make up the time to get back on track, but I actually I'm just getting lost more quickly. And spiritually, when we decide, you know what, I can do this on my own. I, I, don't, I don't need the direction of the Lord. I don't, I'm going to just turn everything off. I'm not going to listen to the leading of the Spirit. I'm going to do my own thing, and then we get lost, and we speed up, and we, we put ourselves in danger and everyone else in danger around us. But, but, but the Lord has given us a guide. The Lord has given us a GPS called the Holy Spirit that leads us and guides us. The Bible says, walk after the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That when you walk after the Spirit, you let the Spirit of God lead you and guide you. You will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We need guidance. We need direction. The Bible says in John 14, it says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things that I have said to you. I need guidance. I need someone to lead me. Have you ever have a friend who, who led you into something that you knew from the beginning wasn't a good idea you already knew this is probably not going to work out well for us I was a, a sophomore in college attending a, a Bible college in Indiana and I had a friend who he decided that uh, it would be a good idea for us to leave on a on a uh, I think it was a Tuesday evening and drive all the way to Alexandria Louisiana to this church conference it was like 12 hours away. The, the conference already started that day. It was already a day in. It was 5 p.m., and he was just like one of those, those adventurous type guys. He was like, come on, let's go. We'll load up in the car, and we'll, we'll get going. And I'm thinking, well, we got class. It's not going to be this. You know, I was that guy. Sorry. 
You know, we got to get to class. We got to do this. And he's like, no, come on. It'll be a great time. Let's go. And I'm like, all right, let's go. So we, we loaded up. We left in the evening. We're driving. And he's like, all right, we're, we got to get to where we're going. So we're going to have to just eat on the run. When we stop in at this gas station, we're going to have to eat here at this Chester Fried Chicken gas station chicken. Well, I'm not the, you know, the most healthy person in the world, but, but gas station fried chicken is not like at the top of my list of foods. And I'm thinking, this does not sound, again, this does not sound like a good idea. But I'm going to go ahead and do it. And I was just a couple of bites into my chicken tenders when I realized this is going to go badly for me. There was something that did not taste right about these chicken tenders. And so we began to drive. And it was about 3 o'clock in the morning. I was in the passenger side, dead asleep. My crazy friend who talked me into this was actually had a laptop on my lap. And he was watching a movie as he drove. So the Lord is our shepherd. He had his hand of protection around. This is a true story. And I'm dead asleep, just out of it. And I wake up, and immediately I knew Chester Fried Chicken was coming up, and it was coming quick. I throw the laptop off of my lap. I roll down the window, and I let Chester Fried, you know, you know, fly. And my friend, he continues to drive at 90 miles an hour down the road thinking that I just need a breath of fresh air. I'm trying to wake myself up. Yeah, I really want to wake myself up at 3 a.m. Because sometimes people will lead you into places where you just really didn't want to go. But guess what? God won't lead you to gas station chicken. He will lead you to Ruth Chris. He will lead you to good things. He will lead you to places that nourish you. He will lead you to things that you need, that he will lead you and he will guide you. The Holy Spirit gives us guidance in our lives. The Holy Spirit brings conviction when we do wrong, and that's number two, the good shepherd corrects. The good shepherd brings correction. I've heard that there's times when a shepherd would have a lamb that, that wouldn't take correction. He wouldn't listen to his voice. And so the shepherd would have to impair that lamb for just for a, a season and, and, and carry that lamb as that, that, that uh, lamb would heal. And, and it was during that time that the, the lamb would be broken, but it was during that time of brokenness that the, the, the shepherd and the lamb would get to know each other. The lamb would hear the voice of the shepherd and would know his voice. And there's times and there's seasons, and maybe you're here today and you feel broken and you feel like life, you know, just didn't, didn't exactly turn out how you intended it to be. But let me tell you, the shepherd is carrying you. And it's during those times and those seasons of brokenness that we hear his voice, that we get to know the voice of the shepherd, that there's a correction that maybe needs to take place. You Maybe you feel immobilized by your circumstance. Jesus said, guess what? My sheep know my voice. It's just a learning of his voice. And it's in the moments of confusion and brokenness that we get to know the voice of a shepherd. So often we view correction as a negative thing in our culture. But how terrible of a father would I be if I didn't lead and guide and correct my two boys and at two and five years old, if I just let them do whatever. And, and, and you know, at two years old, it's cute when, when he's talking back, but it's not cute when he's 32 years old. 
and I, I wouldn't be a, a good father if I didn't have correction. The Bible says in Hebrews, it says, for the Lord disciples or disciplines those he loves, and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. Proverbs says, my child, don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when he corrects you for the Lord corrects those he loves for as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. And David said in Psalm 23 that the rod and the staff, they give me comfort. It comforts me. The staff was was used for for leading and for guiding. But the shepherd also had a rod that that would be used for correction or, or protection. And there's some people that just need a staff and just need to lead it a little bit. And then there's some people that need a rod. I was the guy would needed a rod. But David said that I wasn't I'm not fearful of the Lord's correction. I, I, that doesn't scare me. It comforts me. It comforts me knowing that the Lord is there and correcting me and leading me and guiding because he knew that that the Lord always had his best interest at heart. Number three, the good shepherd protects. The good shepherd protects. David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. See, David understood this maybe more than anybody that no matter what battle or he, he, he had in front of him, the Lord would protect him. That, that, that he was a shepherd and, and the bear and the lion would come to get his sheep and, and, and the Lord delivered the, the, the bear and the lion from the hand of, of David and, and he knew that, that that giant sitting nine feet tall named Goliath who was saying, you know what, I defy the armies of Israel, I defy your God, and the rest of the men, they were cowering in fear, but David said, look, you come at me with a sword and a spear, but I'm going to come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts, and he came and he fought that giant with just a slingshot and a few stones, because he knew it wasn't about the slingshot and the stones, it was about the fact that the Lord had his hand upon his life, and it doesn't matter what giant you face, it doesn't matter what may be coming against you or your family, let me tell you, the Lord is a good shepherd, and he will protect his sheep. He's going to keep you in the sheepfold. He's going to protect you no matter what comes your way. No matter what circumstance you're walking through today, God is walking with you. Maybe one of the most heartbreaking stories of David's life, at least when I read his story, I, I think about this this story comes to mind that David had a son named Absalom who decided that he could be the king better than his own father could be the king. And so Absalom runs David off the throne. And more than that, he has a bunch of men with him and they begin to chase David and David's men and try to kill him. Can you imagine that? And it's in this moment of, of pain and heartbreak that, that he pens the words to Psalm chapter 3. It says, Lord, how many are my foes? How many are those that rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But you, Lord, are a shield around me, 
my glory, the one who lifts my head high. I called out to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy mountain. See, no matter what you are going through today, the Lord is a shield around about you. No matter what you're going through, David said, I cried out to the Lord, and he heard me from his holy mountain. That God responds when we call out to him. That God hears our cry when we call out to him. The Bible says that at the sighing of the needy, I shall arise. Sometimes you're going through stuff that's so bad and so hard that all you can let out is a sigh. But guess what? God even understands your sighs. He understands what you are going through, and he hears you. He is a shield round about you. When you call out, he will answer you. Psalm 23 goes on. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That in the, the presence of all of his enemies, he's saying, you provide for me. You bring provision. You set out this table, and it's, not, and it's not full of gas station chicken either. It's full of the good stuff. It's full of good food. You prepare a table before me in the presence of all the people that are trying to come against me. You still provide for me. And it says, you anoint my head with oil. We see throughout the scripture that oil is a, a type and a shadow of the Holy Spirit. We see that, that the, the, the prophet would anoint the king's head with oil, uh, signifying that the hand of the Lord was upon that king. And, and we see different uh, types and shadows of oil throughout the New Testament. But I wonder if David was writing about a different kind of oil. You see, the shepherd would anoint the head of the sheep with oil because there would be flies and there would be... There would be pestilence. There would be, you know, different mosquitoes and gnats and things that would go around the head of the sheep, and it would drive the sheep crazy. They would go mad because of all of these things flying around. And the oil that would be put on the head of the sheep would protect them from those things. And see, we have battles that go on in our mind. And probably the biggest battle that you have to overcome is yourself. And the enemy using your own, your own self and your own flesh against you. But he said, you know what? You anoint my head with oil. You protect me by the power of your spirit. You renew my heart and you renew my mind and you transform my thoughts and you protect my head. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Even in the presence of my enemies, I have provision, I am provided for, I am protected, and I have an overflow. That the good shepherd protects you and gives you an overflow. That you are overflowed because of his mercy and his grace. Number four, the good shepherd seeks out the lost sheep. The good shepherd seeks out the lost sheep. In Luke chapter 15, the Pharisees, they're complaining that Jesus is hanging out with too many sinners. He's, you know, he's just hanging out with the wrong crowd. Jesus, we, we don't understand you. You're supposed to be this great teacher. You're supposed to be this great person, but, but you're hanging out with the wrong crowd, all these sinners. And so he, he begins to tell them this parable. It says, suppose one of you had a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls all his friends and his neighbor together and says, Rejoice with me, I found my lost sheep. 
The book of Isaiah says, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us have turned our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. This was a prophecy of Jesus. He says, We have all gone astray. All of us in this place, the Bible says that we are all sinners and we come short of the glory of God. All of us were born into sin and iniquity. We have this sinful nature and either you once were lost and now you are found or maybe you're here today and you're just plain lost. But I got good news for you. We have a good shepherd who keeps reaching until you are found. He keeps pressing until he finds you. He goes over the hills and the valleys and the cliffs and the dangerous places and he he will keep reaching until he finds that one lost sheep. We have a shepherd who is reaching out. Maybe you know someone and you've been praying for them for so long and you say, it just seems like it's a hopeless situation. I just don't know why they're doing and going the route that they're going. Let me tell you, the good shepherd is still reaching. You never know what the Holy Spirit is doing in people's hearts and their lives in bringing about conviction and drawing people unto him. We have a good shepherd who is reaching for that one sheep. Jesus said, you know what? The, the, the healthy people, they're in no need of a physician, but I've come for the people who are sick. I've come for those who are sick, who are in need of being found. That's who Jesus has come for. The Bible said, for God so loved the world that he gave, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting Life. See, the great exchange is that Jesus took on our sin on the cross so that we could have his life. Jesus said the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. What a great exchange that we gave him our sin, that, that, that Jesus on the cross took on the sins of the whole world. And in exchange, he gives us his righteousness, that we are made right in the sight of God because of what Jesus did on the cross, that Jesus not only died and, and was buried, but he resurrected, and that we, all, we too can die and be buried and resurrect once again and walk in newness of life. And he pours out his spirit upon us. It renews our heart and our, and our minds and that we have this good shepherd who did this for us. This good shepherd who did it for us. See, the spotless lamb of God gave up his life so that the spotted lambs could live. See, the blood of Jesus Christ is greater than any sin you ever committed. It's greater than any failure that you may have, have, have committed stronger than any struggle, more powerful than any temptation. Jesus paid it all. The good shepherd has laid down his life so that we might have life and have it more abundantly. My question to you today in closing is, do you know him? Do you know this good shepherd named Jesus because again there's a big difference between knowing about someone and knowing someone there's a story I heard once of two men being invited to speak at the White House for a presidential dinner 
One man was an orator and the other man was a preacher. And they were both asked to recite the 23rd Psalm that we've, we've read today. And the orator, he gets up and he's precise and every word is fitly spoken with precision. And, and, and when he's done, the audience erupts in applause and gives him a standing ovation. What a great job that this guy, you know, said it so perfectly and eloquently and it was wonderful. The preacher gets up later and he's not so precise and stumbles over his words a little bit and there's a conviction as he's reciting the psalm. When he's finished, there's complete silence in the room didn't get a standing ovation, just a hush. As you looked over in the crowd, there's people with tears streaming down their eyes. The orator takes the mic again, and he says, the difference between me and this man is I know the psalm, but he knows the shepherd. And there's a difference between knowing about Jesus there's a difference between just going through the motions and just doing your daily ritual or your Sunday ritual of coming to ch church and, 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 and going through the motions. And, and, and I know what that's like. I, I grew up in church. I, I knew when to clap my hands and I knew when to, you know, raise my hands and I knew, you know, the, the scriptures to quote. And, and I, I knew all that. But my life drastically changed when I decided, you know what, I really want to know him, not just about him. And when you decide, you know what, I, I want to, to know him, so there's, there's just drastic, everything changes. Everything changes. There's a leading of the Spirit, and maybe it's here right now, and maybe we can all just stand together. Maybe you're here, and, and while I was preaching, something spoke to your heart, and that's the Spirit drawing you, the, the, the Spirit of God wanting to know you. You say, you know what, I I, I just want to go all in. I want to fully commit myself to this good shepherd that you preached about. I want I want to put my faith and my hope and my trust and, and everything. And, and I want to give him my whole heart. I want to give him my whole life. Because we don't serve Jesus because he makes our life better. We serve Jesus because he's better than this life. We don't serve him just because of the stuff, but we serve him because he's greater than the stuff. If you're here and you never have have given your 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 heart to to Jesus, you never put your faith in that work on the cross, and and maybe that's you. And you say, you know what? I I want to go all in. I want to give my heart and and my, and my life to Him. If we could all just bow our heads right now, you say, you know what? That's me. You're you're speaking to me right now. Then I, just just pray with me this morning, Heavenly Father. Lord, I pray, Lord God, that you would just touch each and every one of our hearts, God, that you would search our hearts, Lord, that you would make us clean, Lord God. Lord, you said if we confess our sins, that you would cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Lord, we give you everything that we are right now. 
Lord, I pray that you would just forgive me of my sins, Lord God. I, I, I put my faith in the work of the cross and the blood that was shed on Calvary, Lord. I turn away from those sins, Lord, and I ask that you would just wash me and cleanse me, Lord, and that you would make me whole, Lord God. I, I, I want more of you. I want to know you. I want to know you in the power of your resurrection, Lord God. Fill me with your spirit, God. Even right now in this place, Lord, as we're standing, Lord, we receive whatever you may have for us. In Jesus' name. We're going to have some prayer partners come to the front. And, and, and whatever need that you may have in this house, no matter what it is, they're, they're, they're here to pray for you. They want to pray with you. We make that available to you today. Worship and pray as they begin to sing one more time. Thank you. 